Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Good to see all of you guys here. I want to say a special welcome to everybody who's joining us down in the lodge, everybody as well who's joining us online. Uh, We're so glad that you guys are with us. You know, have you ever noticed that Christmas, even though it's supposed to be this joyous time, sometimes Christmas can actually be pretty complicated, right? I mean, in fact, I would say this, that the older that you get, I think at times Christmas becomes way more complicated than it actually needs to be. So for instance, like when you're a kid, Christmas is not all that complicated, right? Like as a kid, the thought is just like, what kind of presents am I going to get? Like that's as complicated as it gets, right? In fact, some of you, you remember this because as you had your first kids, and so my boys, they're four and five years old, and we're learning this because we've been trying to teach our, our kids that you know, kids just say whatever they want to say, right? And so when they get a gift for Christmas, we're out trying to teach them, even if you don't like it, like you can't say it, right? Any of your kids ever say they don't like a gift when somebody, yeah, like, you know, grandparents give them something they don't like and they, and so our boys were doing this, like they'd get a gift from somebody a few years ago at Christmas and, and they were just like, what is this? Or they would just look at it like, I don't want that or I already have that. And I'm going, oh, as a parent, you're trying to teach them. So last year around Christmas time, we were trying to teach our, our boys how when they received a gift, regardless of what the gift is, you have to be excited about it. And they're like, well, what if we don't like it? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the gift is. You have to get like ex- as excited as you possibly can. And so my youngest son, Caleb, he, he couldn't quite comprehend why he would, in his mind, lie about a gift that he didn't like. So we were trying to teach him. So we're like, well, let's practice before we go over to someone's house and get gifts. And so this is like a video of a year ago of me practicing giving my, my son a straw for, for Christmas. So here's, here it is. So, if, if you didn't hear music, he said, thank you, I love this straw so much. And it was like, we're trying to see him, because as a kid, right, I mean, it's not really that complicated. It's just like, what kind of gifts am I going to get? And then, you know, as you get a little bit older, maybe you're here in high school, college, and, and for you, the most complicated Christmas gets is, you know, maybe it comes down to a breakup, or maybe it comes down to you don't have any money to give people gifts that you really want to, and... And then as you get kids, it gets a little bit harder. And then for some of you, this holiday season, it's complicated for you because uh, you're walking through a divorce. And so you end up having people at your house that you don't actually even like, right? I mean, like they have to come over to your house and it's complicated because of that. It's complicated because your wife lies to you, right? I mean, you, you all know what this is like. I mean, you, you ask your wife, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And she says, nothing. Some of you, if you literally got your wife nothing, I give you permission to leave right now because that's not the right answer. Your wife wants something, okay, but she lies to you and, and that's why it's, it's complicated because you feel the pressure to surprise people with the thing that they actually want, right? Think about that. Like, I know how to surprise people. I can do a good surprise party. I know how to surprise somebody. I know how to get people the things that they actually want. But how do you do both of those, Right? And then there's the family thing, and, and you get married, and some of you, maybe you're newlyweds, and so you're, you're trying to figure out, like, you know, before you got married, you knew what you did on holidays, like you spent time with your family, right? And then you got married, and so you have to start having conversations about, like, whose house are we going to go to, right? And, and your wife says, well, I want to really go to my parents, and, you, you know, you say, well, I want to go to my parents, and so you're trying to figure out this whole thing, and then you ask questions like, well, how long do we have to stay, right? Like, like I'll go, but 
like, how long are we going to be there? So my wife and I have been married for several years, and when we got married, we had to figure this out too. Like, so where do we go for the holidays? Like, what do we, you know, whose who's family do we spend time with? And, and luckily, you know, we love both of our families, get along really well, but my wife was really smart, and she's like, well, how about I make a list? And she's like, we'll just like set it in stone, make a list. Like, these are the people I'm going to spend time with. Like, at our holidays, we'll go to these people's houses. And I said, great, that's fine. I trust you. Just make a list. So my wife came back with the list and she said, so like her family, she's like, we'll, we'll spend her family with Thanksgiving and Christmas, Memorial Day and Easter and Independence Day. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. Like, so what about my family? Because my family matters. And she's like, well, I made a list for your family too. And <laughs> Halloween and I mean, I got Groundhog's Day. So, um, and there's President's Day, of course, that's a joke, by the way. She really didn't make me do that. But, you know, even though, even though Sometimes holidays can be so complicated. Here's what I'd like to say. The one thing that never should be complicated is the message of Christmas. The one thing that should never be complicated for you or for me is the message of Jesus and and the message of Christmas. But yet for so many of us, it is. And I would say this, if the message of Jesus is complicated to you, it's actually not your fault. It's people like my fault. It's, It's pastor's fault because we have made it so much more complicated than it actually is. So, so today, I can't uncomplicate your schedule. I can't figure out whose house you need to go to after, you know, Christmas Eve services. I can't do any of those things. But what I want to try to do just for a few moments is I want to try to uncomplicate Christmas in the story of Jesus and the story of Christmas. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, it says this. This is the story. It says, but the angel said to them, he says, do not be afraid. He says, I bring you what type of news? He says, I bring you good news, right? Of, of what type of joy? Of great joy. He says, that will be for, get this, all of the people. He says, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He's the Lord. The the writer here says that, that I bring you good news of great joy. And he says, get this, it is for all of the people. See, see, if there's anything about the church or Christianity that doesn't look like good news, then maybe, just maybe, we've actually distorted it. See, see, when somebody walks into the room and they say to you, hey, I have some really good news for you, I have something so, so good for you, when, when they say that to you, we don't, like, get, go, oh, oh, like, what's, what's it really going to cost me? Now, maybe if it's like a salesperson or something, you might feel that way. But the reality is, when somebody says that, I have good news, we think, it's awesome, right? Good news is, your boss says, hey, you're getting a raise, Good news, kids, is that you get the present that you wanted. Good news, kids, is snow day, which we're not getting very many of those. But that's like good news, right? In fact, I was thinking about this. Like, what would be some good news? Because I know some of you, you're here today, and you are like outnumbered. And what I mean by that is like there's one of you and there's two kids, or there's two of you and there's four kids. And so actually, we're going to have right now, I'm, I have good news for all of you, like moms who are trying to like juggle a baby. It's crying. It's, it's bothering you. And for some of you, if you're like me, like once you had kids, sometimes just sitting there holding a cup of coffee is like the greatest thing in the world, not worrying about your kid who's crying. I know it seems bad, but it's like true. So actually right now, we're going to have what we call, well, I'm calling, now hang with me, okay? I know this might seem weird. We're having baby holders who are going to come down the aisle. They're in like these green aprons. And if you are here today and you're like, dude, look, look, could I just, in fact, our lead pastor, Jeff, is a baby holder. You might not want to give your kid to him. Um, yeah. And so if you're here today, and you want to, like, give up your kid for just a, a minute? Now, here's the, here's the deal. These are screened individuals, okay, other than Jeff. They're screened individuals. We, 
we trust them with your kids. They would be able to work in children's ministry, okay, TBC Kids. And so if you just want for a moment for someone at any time during the service, they're going to be available. If you want someone, just raise your hand. You can hand them their kid. Somebody in the back is like, yes, please, please, okay? Now, now look, the, the wife over there is holding her husband's hand up. You can't do that. We're not going to hold your husband, okay? But... But if you want somebody to hold your baby, now here's the deal. They'll stay in the aisle where you can see them. They're not going to leave with your kid. But anytime, if you're just like, dude, I just want to sip a cup of coffee for a second. I don't want to worry about this kid for a moment. You just raise your hand. And these guys will be, they're going to kind of head towards the back now. But if that's you, just raise your hand. Anytime during the service, they would love to hold your baby for you, okay? We'd, we'd love to do that for you. Again, good news is good news, right? Like, like nobody hears good news and says, oh man, like that stinks. I don't want good news. See, the message and the story of Christmas, it's good news. Good news is not straighten up. Good news is not thou shalt not. Good news is not, hey, look, I know it's been Easter since you've come to church. You're a bad person. That's not good news, right? Good news is not you got to do all these things right to get in with God. And what I want to share with you today is what is that good news? If, if, if God brought his son, sent his son Jesus to this earth, and he says, I have some really good news for you, then what is that? In fact, Jesus actually uses a statement that probably many of you have heard that shares with you and I what is that very good news. In fact, if you're not even a follower of Jesus, you might have heard of this verse before as well. But it says this in the book of John chapter 3, verse 16. He says, For God so, he so loved the world that he gave. Now, now, see, this was huge for first century believers who would hear this statement because in the first century, there was no gods who actually loved and there certainly were no gods who would actually give. And he says that the good news is, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave, what did he give? His one and his only son. It's what we celebrate, the birth of Jesus. He says that God so loved the world that there's something so unique about God that he was willing to give His one and only son. You could say it like this. God loved, so God gave. That that God loved you so much that he was willing to give. In fact, I believe that you could actually put a period there and the story could be done, but it isn't because he goes on. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, get this, that whoever believes in him What is the good news for all people? Here it is again. He says that whoever, in other words, it's not for the elite. It's not for certain people who showed up in church enough this year. He says that for whoever believes in him, in other words, it means it's for for all people. If you choose to put your trust in God, he says, you're putting all your weight in him. He says, whoever believes in him, he goes on to say this, they shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That is the good news. And that's for all people that whoever believes in him, he says, shall not perish, but have eternal life. It means that you will never cease to be. In fact, Jesus, he prays this prayer in the garden before he dies. And you might wonder, what does it mean to never cease to be, to have eternal life? And he says this, he says, Father, the hour has come. He says, glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, there it is again, that he might give eternal life to all those who have given him. He goes on, he says, now this is eternal life. What does it mean to have eternal life? He says, that they may, that they may know you. It doesn't say that they get all the commandments, right? It just says that, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In other words, it's about a relationship with Jesus 
that they would actually know you. Now, I know some of you are going, wait, 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 wait a second, Joel. Don't I have to be like super good to get in with Jesus? Like, Joel, you, you don't know my story. You don't know my past. You don't know all the things that I've done wrong. You don't know all my mistakes. And don't I have to like check off some of these, these boxes to get in with God? Isn't it more complicated than that? And I would say, no, it's not. In fact, check this out in John chapter 1. He says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, it says that he gave the right to become children of God. You you could actually say it this way, that believing is receiving. That believing is receiving. So for some of you, I know you've walked in this place today. Some of you down in the lodge, some of you watching us online, you've walked in this place and you feel like you can never add up You feel like there's no way that the story of Jesus, the story of of Christmas is way too complicated for you. It doesn't add up. I would like to uncomplicate it. This is what the story is, that God loved, so God gave. We believe, we receive. That's it. In other words, God loved you so much that he was willing to send his son. It's what we celebrate during this season, that if you just choose to believe in your heart, that you can receive this amazing grace of God. I sometimes get so frustrated because I feel like there's so many people in our world who think, I gotta, I can't get right with God. I have, I'm way too messed up. And let me just say this. You're right. You are too messed up. And so am I. And that's the amazing news about Jesus is that he loved you so much. It wasn't about checking all these boxes off. It was simple that God loved, so God gave. If we choose to believe, then we can choose to receive Now, even if you don't believe it, even if you walk out of this place this Christmas Eve and you say, you know, Joel, that's great and everything, but I don't really, I don't know if I really want to really dive into this whole God thing. Even if you don't buy into it, let me ask, how is that bad news? How is that not good news? In fact, Jesus, because so many people have this idea that, that Jesus actually came to condemn us because we're so fallen and, so, and have such bad lives that he actually wanted to clarify that. He says this, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That, that God did not send his Son to condemn the world, but to save him. Listen to me. If you've ever felt condemned by the church, you have gotten the wrong message of Jesus. That's good news. See, the angel could have said at that point, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for today a new story has begun. And so the question for all of you today is just simply this. Has there been a time in your life when you quit believing in you and you being good enough and all of your stuff and adding up and started believing in this amazing truth that God loved, so God gave We believe, we receive. See, as long as you think it's about your performance, you will never make it. I was thinking about this 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 past week because many of you, if you were here this past weekend, we, Pastor Jeff gave us a a, a nine-day challenge of no complaining, right? And, And I would guess if I asked you how many of you have complained in the last nine days, if you're not a liar, your hand probably would go up, right? But what if Jesus said, hey, Like, so how much complaining is too much complaining, right? Is it one time? Is it two times? Is it three? Is it five? Is it ten? See, the the problem with that is that you never know if you're right with God or not. The problem with not knowing is then what does that leave us? It leaves it so complicated of how am I going to get actually in with God? It's not good news not to know. 
And I think God wants to take that away. I think he wants to give you today good news and not make it so complicated. And it's by simply you taking your faith, your weight, and your trust in God Almighty. You simply believe. And he says that you can receive. And when you do this, everything changes. In fact, it makes this thing that churches do all over the world called communion mean so much more for you. That, that sometimes you've maybe heard of communion where you take this, this, this juice or you take a piece of bread and we have it and it. You might think we do it because it's a ritual or because that's just what you do in church. Actually, it's not the case at all. It's about remembering that God loved, so God gave. We believe, we receive. I remember as a child growing up in a church where we would take communion and these little things would come down the aisle and I'd take a piece of bread, I'd take the juice and the pastor would read a few verses and honestly for me, it meant very little to nothing. To me, it was so complicated. And then I remember realizing in my own life, it didn't have to be so complicated. It wasn't complicated. I came to this place of realizing that my life was such a mess, but yet there was good news that God loved, so God gave. We believe, we receive. Or for me, it it turned to God loved, so God gave. If I believe, then I can receive his amazing grace. And in that, things changed for me. And so when we take communion, it's, it's not complicated. We're remembering all that God did for us. We're remembering that he sacrificed his life, that not only do we celebrate his birth, but he was willing to die on a cross for you and for me, that, that his life was taken, his body was broken. That's why we have the bread. It's a remembrance. That his blood was actually shed. That's why we have the cup. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to do that together as a church. We're going to remember what Jesus did for us. That not only do we get to celebrate his birth, but ultimately the fact that that God loved, so God gave. We believe, and therefore we can receive. And so I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward, and I'm going to to pray in a moment, and we're going to sing together. And the ushers are going to kind of hand out all the elements. They're going to pass them down, the bread and the juice. And if you are a Christ follower, we would love for you to do this with us. There's no pressure if you're not. You can, you can pass them on by, but what I'd like you to do is when you get them, just hold on to them. So take a cup, take a piece of bread, and just hold on to them, and then Pastor Jeff will be back up in just a moment to receive them with us. But I hope that you will remember this holiday season that the message of Jesus is not all that complicated. But God loved, so God gave. If you choose to believe, you can receive his amazing Amazing grace. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for your amazing love for us, God. That, that regardless of where we're at in our lives, God, regardless of what we've walked into this, this building with, regardless of what is going on in our lives, God, that you loved each and every one of us, God. That it is good news, not for some people, but for all the people who would choose to believe in you. So God, as, as we take these elements and we hold on to them, help us to remember the amazing sacrifice that you made for each and every one of us. That you loved us so much that you're willing to send your son Jesus to die on a cross for us. God loved, so God gave. We believe, we can receive. In Jesus' name, amen.